Joining us now is Mike Smith. You hear him on the Jazz pre-half and post-game on AT&T Sports. Mike, you get the distinct pleasure. DJ's off, so you got PK solo today. Today is your lucky day, Mike. <laughs> Good morning. How's everybody doing? You're, you're flying solo, huh? Yeah, got to take. Uh, you got to allow a couple of days off uh, here and there. I don't know. Did Ralph Lawler ever take any time off? Uh, he wanted to never miss a game. Like that was his his mantra. He loved broadcasting more than he loved his own family, which, <laughs> in some ways, was to his detriment. Um, but the funny thing is, one time he he lived he lived like two and a half hours away from the arena. Like he, he lived for one weird period. He moved to Palm Springs. Oh, he did. So that would, that would be like, God, that wouldn't even be like, you know, Bowler Jack living in Logan no. and, you know, driving down to do the games. It was another hour. And one game he got stuck in some traffic thing and he couldn't get there. And so they turned to me and said, Mike, you're doing play by play tonight. And I said, you got it. And when we moved like the the pre and post analyst over and I did the game and anyway, I was trained to do that. But but yeah, he he hated to miss games. Um we all did. I think I missed one game in twenty years with the wow. Clippers. So it's it's kind of a weird thing, right? You you know it's a good gig. No, for sure. And you, you just kind of the Lou Gehrig Wally Pip thing, like you you, you never wanna miss an opportunity and give somebody else a chance, somebody to say, oh, that guy's pretty good too, or that yeah. guy's better. But yeah, it, that, that, that's so funny you say that, Mike, because, you know, DJ and I next week, we're going to be uh, marking our 19th anniversary of doing this, oh. tel- or doing this radio show. Good and for you, you know, guys. You know being in broadcasting that that's a long time to do a show. Yeah, it's uh, a so long you, run. Yeah, and, and in the early days as I was sort of making my mark, you talk about not wanting to take vacation. I was freaking petrified, Mike, because I oh, thought yeah. that very same thing, man. This is such a sweet gig, and I had worked my whole life. I wanted it bad. I grew yep. up in Phoenix. I first heard sports radio in uh, the early 80s, and it used to be on from 10 p.m. to midnight. Guy did it, and that's that was like the introduction. And I first heard it, and I thought, wow, I want to do this. This is me. I love sports. I'm not good enough to be a player. This is what I can do. I really wanted yeah. to do it, and I finally get the opportunity, and I did not want to give it up. My wife, I thought she was going nuts because I, 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 like, I would start to just almost get sick, the thought of somebody uh, taking my place for a week. I just couldn't handle it. Yeah. No, no, it's. There's all that that's involved, and everybody who gets there to a certain level, especially at the level you are or doing NBA games, we all have a story of how we got there. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I finished playing, and I, you know, wrote the Clippers, which is the last team I played for, and I said, listen, I'll do your games in Spanish. And they were like, what? What? No, we don't have a market here for it. And, of course, you know, they did because the Lakers are here in town. And the Lakers had not only Spanish radio but Spanish TV. And I said, listen, let's start with the radio. They're like, no, 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 you know, we we, we don't have the budget for that. And I said, listen, I'll go find the stations. I'll go find the sponsors. It kind of went back and forth like that. And finally they came back to me and said, nope, we decided not to do it. And I'm like, that's the wrong choice. 
And then they called me back like two weeks later and they said, um, you know, we were thinking about it. We're not that happy with our radio guy in English. And so by radio guy, they meant like the David Locke guy, right? Not, yeah. not They didn't have a color guy in radio. They said one guy doing play-by-play. And they said, why don't you submit us a tape and we'll consider it? Okay, I'd never done radio. I'd never done play-by-play. But I sent him a tape of a game I watched, and I turned the volume down and just recorded myself into a cassette player. That's how ancient this is. Mm-hmm. And just did my best, you know, Chick Hearn, who was the legendary Laker announcer that I grew up listening to, and just sure. kind of sent him my best version of me doing play-by-play, and they hired me. <laughs> That's how I started in the business. I was doing radio play-by-play. So I think I've said this before. Forgive me, fans, or anybody listening, but Hot Rod Hunley and I are the only two ever to have played in the NBA and done radio play-by-play for the NBA. So that's... And I don't mind being linked with Hot Rod. I think sure. he's the best. Yeah. What a run yeah. he had. Mike yeah. Smith joining us now. Speaking of uh, a uh, what a run he had... We know the Jazz earlier in the season, 22 of 24. I think we we just looked it up, and 21 of 20 of 21. Just an incredible That's streak correct. here. And so they've won six in a row. I don't know that they can get to that level, but the way they're playing now seems to be on the funk that they had earlier in the month uh, with a blowout loss to the Warriors and the, and the disappointing loss to the Wizards. I think they're primed to go on. I don't know to what degree. I don't know that they can match it, but I think they're primed to go on another run. What do you think? Well, they got all these games coming up at home, right? I know just a minute ago it was going to be 11 out of 14, so they just had a, a, a slew of them, the two at Memphis, and then one away against Memphis, and then Cleveland last night, right? So that mm. was four of those, so maybe eight of the next 10 or seven of the next 10 at home. And I looked at the opponents, but they're the best record in the league. And, like, arguably you could say they're the best regular season team in the league. They really are right now. Yeah. Let, let's, just, let's just not they, – they got a lot of great things going, okay? I talked to Steve Kerr that night. They lose to the Warriors. I talked to him the night before. So I was doing the pre-post for the Warriors game, and Steve's an old friend. And I said, tell me your honest opinion. He goes, Mike, they're a lot like we were the first year we won it. He goes, they got multiple passers, multiple playmakers, a great assessment uh, of shooters. They defend. They get after you every night. They like each other. And so here was Steve kind of making this case to me that, listen, they're, they're as good as we were in some ways. You know, no, I, I don't see the, the Steph and Clay super-duper star shooter. But... You know, Steph and Clay were not Donovan Mitchell either. And that's being fair to them all, right? Steph is, I'm not saying Steph is one dimensional. Steph is incredible and the best shooter we've ever seen and will go down as the best shooter ever seen and multifaceted. But Donovan's a little bit different, right? He scores and can take a game over and can get his own shot and maturing right before our very eyes. But I thought it was just like a very. He didn't need to do anything. He was just talking to me, right? He didn't. He didn't. He wasn't in front of a camera, Steve Kerr. So he was a little bit unguarded in his assessment. I think it was a, a real honest depiction of who they are. 
And, of course, the Warriors went out the next night and beat them because Steph went for 33 and kind of just messed up the jazz flow. But uh, they're good, and they got a chance. Oh, that was the last thing Steve said to me. He goes, Mike, they're legitimate title contenders. And I really believe that. Now, I've only started doing the games after the second half of the season. So the first half, I'm just kind of an objective observer because the bubble and they wouldn't fly me in until now we feel a little more comfortable. But now I'm watching them and I'm saying, this team really has a chance. Now, PK, you and I both know that come playoff time, that stars usually prevail. Uh And it's true in basketball more than it is in any other sport. Uh, you know, Brady proved that it's really relevant in football, but in baseball, not so much, right? Baseball's a team game. Baseball, you can have that Cinderella team with the great assessment of chemistry where a team can win a title and catch lightning in a bottle. And the basketball, you can catch lightning in a bottle. Dirk and Dallas did it, you know, once. Dwayne Wade did it early there with that Shaq team. They weren't the best team, but had a, a historic rise of a certain player at a moment where they just caught it and went with it. Typically, or usually, it is the team with stars during a seven-game series that will emerge victorious because it's not a one-game shot. It's not March Madness. It's it's seven games. It's the best coaching minds in the game kind of trying to take away what you do best. That being said, if you consider all that, you'd say, oh, well, Lakers or Clippers, you know, probably the best talented star-laden team in the West will prevail. I don't know this year. Like, I'm telling you that. I don't know. I don't know that they can do it. I think the Clippers made a terrible move trading for Rondo and getting rid of Lou Williams. Because to my point about stars, you need stars. You need guys who can get a shot and create a shot. And I thought the Clippers were... uh, terrible last year losing that 3-1 lead to Denver. But but I thought with George, Kawhi, and Lou Williams, they become a little bit unguardable come playoff time because you need a third guy who can score. The Lakers are the Lakers and LeBron. And I don't know this year if they can recover from being out. I don't know how serious the AD injury is. I think LeBron comes back. I think he regains form. Is he good enough to take them to the finals again? It all depends on AD, but I typically think the Lakers don't have enough shooting to do it. So we'll see. Now that brings you back to the Jazz. Are the Jazz better than any other team in the West? Yes, they are. And in the regular season, they're better than the Lakers and Clippers. In the playoffs, can they beat those guys for seven games? That's what we're going to find out. I think they have a chance, and I think they got a better chance this year than I've ever seen. They defend Rudy's better. If Bogey continues, you know, and Ingles, and I'm not saying they have to play at their historic, like Ingles just had a run, you know, eight games ago that was out of sight. Donovan's on a tear right now. Last night he would have done the same, but he only played 23 minutes. You know, if Bogey plays like he did last year and can find that stroke, you've got a shot to beat anybody. Conley's been amazing this year. They're really that good. So it's, it's going to be fun. And the Jazz are going to finish with the number one seed. They really are. That means home court advantage. 
that home court advantage in that arena is more important to them than I think any other team in the West. PK, I'm telling you, this this could be this could be the year. I'm that excited about it. Yeah, okay. Jazz broadcaster Mike Smith joining us. You already gave your thought on the Rajon Rondo Lou Williams acquisition. There was a couple other yeah. ones that I wanted to get your thought on. We'll start with, and you can take them however order you want. The Lakers add Drummond, the Nuggets add uh, Aaron Gordon, and then Portland yep. gets uh, Norman Powell. Assess those moves and how it would not, relate not, to postseason success. Non-factor up in Portland. I mean, Nor- he, he's good, and he's played great for Toronto. You know, that's, that's, that's okay. It's not, a, it's not a game changer. It's not a difference maker. Portland is still Portland. Portland's still going to so rely heavily on Lillard and McCollum to score 25 each to yeah. beat you. And they could do it on a given night, but they're not going to beat the Jazz in a seven-game series. But they're playing better. Give them credit. I think they've won maybe 9 of 13. And Denver, the identical record, I think 28 and 18, on the rise. Uh, yeah, Aaron Gordon's an athlete. Uh, I've never been a huge fan. I do think he got robbed in two dunk contests. <laughs> I think what he did in those two dunk contests was unbelievable. And he should have won hands down. I don't know how he didn't. But um, he's okay to me. Michael Porter is more of a factor in a player because of how lights out he's shooting the ball. And Jokic is having a great year. So they're good. They got off to a really slow start, but I don't think they're beating the Jazz, even though they got them last year. I, I just don't. Um, Drummond, Drummond. Listen, it, it all depends on AD. And I think that injury is more serious than anyone's saying. So I, I just, it all depends on him. Last year he was healthy. Typically he's not. Look at his history. He just doesn't, he's, he's fragile. He just doesn't play 82 games. He's always missing games. He's always hurt. Last year he wasn't. And to the Lakers' benefit, he and LeBron carried them to a title. They didn't have to go through the Jazz, and they didn't have to go through the Clippers. So, you know, they just – and give LeBron credit. I mean, it was his best performance. I think that's the worst supporting cast he's ever had, other than AD. AD was amazing. But the other crew, compared to the other 3 through 12 on any other team he's been on, was the worst, and they won. So, I don't know. I think what's interesting is that the Lakers, even though they've won three in a row, can fall and could fall while LeBron's out and AD's out somewhere around yeah. six, right? I don't think right. they fall to seven. But if they fall to six, I'm loving it. As you are, and as are all Jazz fans, because that would mean Clippers-Lakers in the first round. And that means you get rid of one of them without having to play them. Sure. Like, like you, don't wanna, you don't want it to line up, so you've got to go through both of them. Because it's just going to be a tough, grinded-out series against talent-laden stars that you've got to stop for seven games. If you can get rid of one of them in one shot, you've got a chance. So, I mean, the West is good, but uh, if you just ask me who could win the title this year, there's really there's really five teams. Let's put the Suns Jazz, in there? Clippers, Lakers, Nets, Philly. That's it. That's it. 
Okay, winning the title. Uh, so you don't yeah, you win don't the put, whole thing. You don't put the Suns as a threat in the West. No, no, not to win the whole thing. No, not but to win the good. whole thing, but just a threat in the West. Listen, they're going to finish second. I really believe it. Chris Paul is a difference maker. Chris Paul is too short to win an NBA title. That's that's nothing against him. I've known it. I, I broadcasted every game he did as a Clipper. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, I, I've seen his greatness. He's a leader. He's a game changer. He will elevate any team he plays on. He's he's Magic Johnson numbers wise for his career. Nineteen points, nine assists, three steals, and his teams win. But Magic's six foot nine, and Magic's got five rings. And Chris is just too short to get to the finals. It's a shame. He's really that good, but it's not going to happen. They're they're a little bit. They're a great regular season team. Monty Williams has them defending their butts off. They share the basketball. Booker's legitimate score. Chris Paul's made DeAndre Ayton a factor, and they've assembled a team that that really wants to win. It's a great staff. Willie Green uh, is his lead assistant, who's a stud. I mean, I talk to him all the time. That they're just they want it. They're not good enough in the playoffs to get past the second round. So there's just not enough star power there. But that's okay. okay. But I like that they finish second. <laughs> let's keep the Clippers at three. Let yeah. the Lakers fall to six, and let's get rid of one of those giants on on the Jazz route to the championship. Yeah, I like that scenario. As far as Chris Paul, different player. But in terms of the height issues, how does it relate to Donovan Mitchell? Donovan's got great length. The, the, therein lies lies a difference. Donovan at six three or whatever he is, wingspan of six eight or nine is a finisher. He's got great length and strength. Chris is not long. So Dwayne Wade was long. Dwayne Wade mm-hmm. built like Donovan, right? They're they're same yeah. body types, athletic. Okay. Long, Dwayne Wade almost seven foot wingspan. That's why he played like he was six seven. Donovan uh-huh. plays that way too. But Donovan's so much better this year than he was last year. For sure. And last year he was pretty darn good. We saw what he did in the playoffs. But he's so much better. There, there's such a there's such a, a slowing down of the game that's occurring to him. We can't do it easily, PK, because we. We always see the present, right? It's even true with yourself. Like, I'm not saying you. I'm just saying any of us looking at ourselves, we don't look back and see who we were four years ago, five years ago, or or in our athletic history, our infancy when we started out. Right? Think back to Donovan rookie year and all those spin moves and all those leaners and and, and, and all those shots that were, like, remarkable to see, but then followed up the next year by all the times he forced them. Like, it was like he discovered Pandora's box. Like, oh, gosh, I'm longer than all these guys. And so when I get in the paint, I can go in here and lean and do these little one-handed leaners. And, and then the next year, the league kind of figured it out. And they're like, okay, when he gets in the lane, he's going to that move because the league's smart and scouts are smart and coaches are smart. And then the next year, Donovan evolves and matures and you know you you hit a 50 point game and all of a sudden your mind says you mean i can do that i'm gonna go do that Uh but i just watched him this year you're watching him he's so much better no question his three-point shot is better 
all of his numbers are career best. So all of his numbers, points, rebounds, assists. But the only thing that's not, I think, is his field goal percentage maybe. is a little tick down. But three-point percentage, career best. And that's hard to do. It's hard to increase your scoring every four years on a team that's built the way that Jazz is, right? It's not, uh-huh. it's not a one-man show. It's this, it's this multifaceted, you know, free-flowing movement of pick and rolls and slides and three-point kickouts. And it's not like they run plays for Donovan. He's really good. So, yeah, I mean, height's an issue, but he plays much bigger than he is. Mm-hmm. Mike, thanks for coming on this morning. Appreciate it. Anytime, my friend. I'll be back, I think, uh, maybe like three, four games. I'll be there for a slew, maybe, I don't know, 10 to 12 the rest of the way, and then all the playoffs. And, oh, cool. And, and hopefully next year full-time. So I'm, I'm fired yeah. up. I've loved this team from my days as a college kid at BYU, and I'm watching Frank Layden first coach and then Sloan and, you know, the days of Stockton and Malone. And it's just a great franchise. I'm super excited about where they're headed. All right, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Anytime. All right, that's Mike Smith, jazz broadcaster. Do you share his enthusiasm? Uh, He makes a lot of valid points there. Uh, What do you think? Let us know. All right, coming up next, get you caught up to date, what we've been talking about. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.